Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 109th edition of the Don't Kill the Messages podcast. First thing I'm about to touch into for this week uh, is obviously we got to talk about these NBA playoffs, so it's a muscle we talk about Cleveland versus Boston right now. Um, guys, just what are your thoughts on this series? I mean, it's... It's back and forth. Uh, I mean, it's. I guess uh, it's. It's not a series yet, as the huh. saying goes, because the home team hasn't lost. Yeah. So uh, everybody's holding serve, and uh, basically all eyes are on who who wins out. This young team that's productive and feisty, or does LeBron carry all the spare parts with him to the finals again? Yeah, I mean. I don't necessarily want to say like it's been disappointing, but it's been a little disappointing. We we haven't had a game that you know has come down to the final possession. Yeah, really worth watching. And it, well, I mean, game. What would have it been? Game three or four? Uh, I think maybe it was three and four. Anyway, we're like decided by roughly ten points, but like we haven't seen one actually come down to the wire yet um, I mean the games haven't exactly been close but uh, I mean for an Eastern Conference Finals we'd like a little a little more uh, a little more competitiveness I guess but I think we're we're seeing right now like um, the definition of a team playing the definition of a star and and I think that's what we're getting here in the Eastern Finals. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, this has been very interesting, man. Just, uh, you know, some people don't believe in home court. Um, others do, but, uh, you know, home court has definitely been playing a factor in this game, man. Uh, get a good day. Teams to get a good lead at home and just be very um, productive out there when they're at home, but then they could, could be sluggish and stuff uh, when they're away. So uh, just seeing, you know, how these home court whenever they uh whichever team plays at home just how uh comfortable they look and everything out there on the court man mm-hmm. it's definitely um just interesting to see how that crowd just them being home uh just backs them up and everything when they go out there and play um just speaking of uh Le- lebron guys um you know we kind of talked about this on twitter um a little bit but how do you guys just feel about you know still people comparing uh lebron to mj it's just something that's gonna happen. He's he's the greatest player of this era, and pretty much you have to be crazy if you don't think he's the closest thing to Mike. Uh, as far as not not in the style of play, but as far as just the level of dominance over the league and uh, how clearly he is the best player right now. Uh, so. The comparisons are going to come with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at anybody that thinks LeBron is is their number one. Uh, I think that's mostly going to be people probably five to ten years younger than me. Uh, yeah. But but I, I mean I, it's just basically everybody's clutching to the player that's mainly from their era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I feel glad that I got to watch both of them at their peak, but you know. 
it, it just is what it is. When when you have a sport like this where you have numbers and things you can compare, both of them have played in television eras where lots of people could see them at their peaks and what they were doing. So those comparisons are going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm going to hold firm to an opinion. I guess I've held for probably roughly a year. You know, the idea that I think, you know, trying to say, you know, one is clearly better than the other, in my opinion, is just wasting your time and it's honestly cheating yourself. Um, you know, I firmly believe like, hey, just realize both are great and both are, you know, guys who legitimately shaped the NBA for the time that they played. And and I think if you're going to sit here and be like, oh, you know, MJ, you know, he played in a time like this, like LeBron's nowhere close, like you're fooling yourself. And and I think we just need to realize, kind of like Jarnell said, they're they're both the best for their time. And I think we just have to accept the fact that, you know, hey, LeBron is great. Michael Jordan is great. If you want to call one better than the other, that's fine. But if you're saying, you know, one is leaps and bounds over the other, then I'll start to have a problem with it. But uh, just just call them both great and just let it be. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like goes back to what I was telling Darnell on Twitter, you know. Um, not saying that LeBron is better than Jordan. Not saying that MJ is better than uh, LeBron. But just me, um, I've been looking at games, and I just, I've never seen anybody – just carry um, a team like uh, LeBron has been doing, man. Whether going um, into the playoffs, uh, whether you're in the finals, and he just doesn't have uh, guys, um, guys on his team um, showing up, and he hasn't carried them to uh, see if he can win a championship or not. I just um, the guy's just determined, and he, you know, he's always just been able to just level up to get the job done um, when needed. So, um, like that's just me, um, Darnell. You brought up a good point too. Um, you know, the conference that he plays in is pretty weak, um, especially compared to the uh, when Jordan played, um, you know, in the 90s um, and whatnot. So it's, you know, like I said, you know, people are going to have their arguments. I, I respect both of the guys. Both of them did a lot uh, for the game. Um, it's always good to hear the uh, arguments and stuff, uh, you know, the barbershop talk, as some people say. But, um, you know, just enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, we may not never, ever see – another MJ again, we may not never ever see another uh, LeBron again. So just, you know, enjoy it because those guys come very few. Um, so we just got to enjoy it. For all we know, Trey, our kids will say that, uh, you know, LaMelo Ball's the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, man, maybe. We'll uh, see. Slapping both of your children. <laughs> yeah, I'll right slap them twice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, no, but 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 I but just real fast to close it out. You know, I feel like it it just shows that like we're blinded by what we see, and it's tough to think that anything you know is close to you know what we witness. And and like I get it, I I don't understand you know early to mid nineties Jordan. Like that's just something I don't know. And our you know my kids are not going to know LeBron James. Yeah. They're, they're not They're You know, they'll probably never have seen him play. Yeah. And so whoever comes along for them, Oh, they gotta be the greatest of all time. And it's like, well, you know, LeBron is our Jordan. Yeah. He's the one we tell our kids about. 
and they're going to have someone that they tell their kids about. So it, it's it's purely era related, you know, yeah. generational based, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, just going back to you know what she was saying about you know growing up and stuff. Ty, you know, I remember you know checking out the uh, Bulls games when I was younger and stuff like that, but I was like nowhere near you know, interested in basketball um, like I am now. You know, I was focused on Rugrats, Hey Arnold, and that stuff at that <laughs> age, man. So, I, you know, I was like, I, I always remember just being uh, younger, you know, instead of mostly like not paying attention to, um, you know, Jordan, anything like that, I would definitely watch him play. But I would be more fascinated by, you know, what color uh, hair Dennis Rodman was going to have, you know, for the games <laughs> and stuff like that. So just being a kid. Yeah. But, you know, just, uh, you know, like I said, man, you just got to, you know, enjoy these guys while they last, man. Um, mm-hmm. So just got to enjoy it. But all right, guys, um, up next, uh, well, before we um, break, uh, you know, our thoughts down for this Houston uh, versus Golden State um, game, um, I asked Darnell this question um, a couple of days ago. Uh, but, Ty, you can chime in on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um Houston versus Golden State, is this basically the NBA Finals for us? Uh, do you think these are the two best teams uh, right now? That's, this is for this Western Conference uh, Finals game is basically the NBA Finals, or you know, do you not want to cut Boston or Cleveland out or anything like that? Just how do you feel about this game? Yeah, I, I personally would have to say I think the Western Conference is going to decide it. Um, better teams, uh, better stars. I mean, I think LeBron is the 1A here. But, I mean, if you compare this, you know, Cavaliers team to either team in the West, you're looking at, you know, comparing Steph with LeBron, and then I would take anybody else on, well, or KD with LeBron. I mean, I think it just proves my point. I would take anybody else on the roster after you get past who we claim is the best player on either side. Yeah, I, I would even take the you know Golden State bench over some of the guys on the starting lineup for Cleveland, but you know I, then I think we look at uh, we look at Houston and I think we're also seeing a very well oiled machine there, and the Cavaliers. I it, it's kind of like the meme where there's you know the stick figure poking something with a stick and just like come on do something it's like we we do that with lebron and we expect him to literally be mr everything for cleveland and when he doesn't do it it's kind of like what are you doing lebron like you should be better than this but it's like look at all the other teams in the league somebody's getting help lebron's getting nothing and we saw him average what almost 40 a game a couple of years ago against Golden State in the finals and lose yeah. Uh, I think we would have to see something very similar for it to be even interesting if yeah. Cleveland moves on. I, I do think the Celtics have a better team than Cleveland, but I think the Celtics, if they wanted to be in this finals, needed, you know, or to compete in this finals, I would say they would have needed at least Kyrie. Yeah. Uh, anything to add to that, Darnell, or? No, nah, I mean, he covered most of it. I mean, it's just, this is, I mean, to go back to the eras or whatever, but this is just where the NBA is right now. Uh, it's very, the the talent level is 
weighted to one conference, and that's the West this year. Um, the best player in the world is still in the in the East, and that's LeBron, and he's doing what he can to uh, make his way to the finals again, and like he's making a great effort as at it. But I mean, look look at the effort uh, going. Uh, to what Ty said, what LeBron had to do to make it interesting in the last, like he had to average triple double last year. He had to pretty much average 40, uh, two years before that. Uh, he, he's had a 40 point triple double and lost. Uh, he's, he had to put 40 up last game to win. I mean, look at the numbers he's putting up against a Boston team that, um, so I guess that's yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's short of two. They're two quote stars. I mean, we we don't know how much better or worse they'll be next year with uh, Hayward and and Kyrie playing. But just saying, like this is a team that on paper is is missing two very talented players. And look at what LeBron still has to do to, to win by five or ten points. Hey, it's going to be all good, though. As you said, uh, man, you think he's going to be heading to Philly. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> if he's smart. Yeah. But all right, guys, uh, you know, just Houston and Golden State. Um, just thoughts on the series just overall. It's fun. Uh, it seems like each team is like stepping up and putting it on the other to, to top that performance and, and they're doing so. Uh it looked this last game it looked like Golden State was gonna run away with it after the third quarter, mm-hmm. but but Houston came back with a vengeance in the fourth and Yeah. And and won it. And I uh, we're seeing Harden actually try to play defense. Yes. Yeah. When they steals. play defense, man, they're pretty solid, man. That's uh they got pretty solid D when they actually decide to uh play it. Um I've been impressed right. by that. Just Hopefully they can well, just keep it consistent yeah. just continue that effort. Um, and it's, it's, it's crazy to see it coming from Harden 1 and, and from a D'Antoni yeah. coach team. Mm-hmm. So this is <laughs> this is really weird to see them, them doing that because, yeah, after that third quarter explosion, I was like, well, they're not going to be able to lock up to stop them, so this, is, this game's over. But, yeah. oh, they did. They locked up. Yeah, I think the story of James Harden actually looking like he somewhat cares on defense is huge. Um, You know, I think we are seeing what happens when he decides to be a two-way player. Uh, I think, and, and and I find it really interesting because I feel like he's the one guy in the NBA that we totally kind of let slide on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, we make fun of him for it. But, like, nobody really cares that James Harden doesn't play a lot of defense because of what he does offensively. Yeah. But I think we're seeing... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think we're seeing how much, you know, him actually playing defense makes a difference. Uh, I think, you know, it's great that we're actually seeing Golden State be contested. Um, they, in, you know recent years they haven't really seen much competition in a seven game series and i think we're actually going to see this get you know, i think we're obviously going to see this get dragged out to at least six 
Um, but I, you know, either team that moves on is going to deserve this series. Uh, mainly because you're not going to win this series giving 100%. You're going to have to give 110. So, you know, I think this is the series everyone has their eye on, and I think everybody's expecting the winner of the NBA Finals to come out of this one. Yeah. Uh, just one thing for me, uh, you know, the series is tied 2-2 right now. Um, somebody I would really like to see step up um, a little bit more for um, Houston is Eric Gordon. Um, he's kind of been missing some shots, um, mm. you know, in this series. Um Kind of been started on, you know, the series prior too. Uh, we've kind of just been slacking, uh, missing some easy buckets, um, and stuff like that. So I think he, he's going to be, have to be huge. I like that, you know, he's still shooting the ball regardless, um, you know, whether he's making them or missing them. Um, you know, with a guy like that, all it takes is one shot, uh, for him to get his rhythm and everything like that. But, um, he's really going to have to, you know, knock down those, uh, shots to, uh, have Houston uh, win this series uh, possible. Um, he's a great player, uh, six man of the year uh, reigning. So it's he's just really going to have to step up and knock those buckets down on the team to help uh, this Houston team out uh, by slaying this piece. So, so that. But anything else to add for this Golden State and Houston series, guys? No, just at least keep some interesting basketball going for us. Yeah. All right. Now, both series are tied uh, 2-2 currently at the moment. Um, For Cleveland and Boston, who you guys think is going to win the series out of those? The winner of this game tonight. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't doubt that. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if LeBron finds a way. Um, he's found a way before. Always does in the Eastern Conference. We, yeah, we've we've doubted him before. We've thought this is going to be it. But I think um, I'm so torn. And I've gone against LeBron and I've gone for LeBron. I've been right and I've been wrong. Uh, I'll take... Give me LeBron. All right. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take him nine out of ten. Okay. Now, what about Houston and Golden State? I'm still going Golden State. That that one's even harder for me to pick than the other one. That's hard to pick. Uh, once again, wouldn't be surprised with either team. Um, I've really liked Houston all year, but yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I think Golden State knows how to close it out. All right, so you rolling with Golden State? Yep. All right. I'm still sticking with my two that I picked, uh, you know, prior to the, uh, series. Um, I think Boston's going to be Cleveland. I think Houston's going to be Golden State, so, um, mm-hmm. We'll just have to see. All right, guys. Um, anything left to add uh, for these um, fi- uh, conference finals uh, before we move on? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, just to give your thoughts on the NBA All-Rookie uh, first team, uh, just thoughts on these uh, guys making it. Uh, we got Kyle Kuzma, Lori Markkinen, 
Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, and Jason Tatum. Um, Stoss on that. I think they pretty much knocked it out of the park. Uh, I think the, I mean, of course, you can always pick one or two that might be might be left out. Maybe somebody wanted Dennis Smith Jr. in there or something like that. Uh, but I, I, I think they picked the right five. Uh, I, I have no big issues with this grouping. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I actually think this is one of the better, you know, all, you know, rookie teams that we've gotten in the last 10 years. Um, big names, good players, uh, exciting players. I don't feel like there was really any stretches for anybody on this team. Uh, I would take this team as a starting five <laughs> in the NBA right now. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a really good team. Good selections. All right. And well, real quick, uh, Ty's been waiting to say this. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, you, you remember when it's once I bring it up, Ty, so shut up. Um, but he's, <laughs> he's been waiting to say this once we all, uh, were together on the show. Um, not rookie team, but when it comes to, uh, rookie of the year, Darnell. Oh, um, yeah. Do you think a guy like Ben Simmons, who has the experience but didn't play his first year because of injuries, um, do you think guys like him, um, you can like a, him and a Blake Griffin, do you think those guys should still be eligible, uh, for, you know, you can argue this rookie, um, all NBA rookie and, uh, rookie of the year, uh, voting, uh, since they technically they're rookies, but they were, um, you know, injured and missed their actual first season of play. Do you think those guys like, uh, Ben Simmons should be eligible for this or? Uh, I mean, it's, I see both sides of it. I, I like I feel bad for Donovan Mitchell having a season like he had, uh, but then you got Ben Simmons, who just kind of was that beast all around player, but he's technically in his second year, even though this is his first year actually playing. So I, I do get the gripe from the true rookies, not your not your red sh- red shirt freshmen, as basically yeah. what Ben Simmons would be. Uh, but I mean, I guess I, I guess I just take it like that. Uh, I can look at it like a college player. If, if you don't play a single game, you're still can still keep your four years of eligibility. So if you technically don't step on the court, I can see why they still call you a, a rookie. So I mean, I, I'm not mad either way, but I do, I do understand the, mm-hmm. the gripe for, for that other player that is a, a true, true freshman mm-hmm. not getting the award. And, I'll I'll completely agree with that. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Um, and I'm not mad either way. I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But, um, you know, I was telling Trey a couple weeks ago, um, personally, I don't think Ben Simmons should be considered a rookie. Uh, I understand not seeing the floor, but I also understand he's had a year of training, a year of seeing the game, a year of learning the game. Mm-hmm. While Donovan Mitchell and others are, you know, tossed around the college life. Um, granted, yeah, they're all focused on basketball, but, you know, they had the college game to worry about at the time. They weren't getting that next step up mm-hmm. that Ben Simmons was getting 
despite not seeing the floor. So I guess the question I'll answer and then ask my, my answer is I do not think Ben Simmons should be considered a rookie. If, if you had to give an answer, yes or no, should, you know, the Ben Simmons, um, the, at the time, Joel Embiid be considered a rookie in their second year in the pros, but their first year of play. Like, do you think that should still be considered a rookie? If I'm making a league right now, I would probably not put a rule like that in place. So the answer would be no, you would not consider them rookies. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and and like I said, I don't think there's a wrong answer. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm like all bet on it because I'm not. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, Yeah, but it's just, you know, I think even just learning the game sitting – yeah, sitting there night in and night out, being you have a practice, year, another year around pros too. Yeah, like, even though you're not playing, you you're seeing how to conduct yourself, okay. how to, how to focus on the game, how to how these guys practice, how they yeah. do things. So yeah, you do have a leg up. I mean, you're hitting the weight room differently. You're mm-hmm. you know you're probably getting better uh, better fitness, better nutrition, better. Well, yeah, Whatever. you don't have a strength. You don't have a strength coach that's worried about fifteen guys like you do in yeah. college. You have a personal trainer that yeah. can spend money on to get you yeah. ready. Yeah, I mean, you can use the team's facilities, but most of these guys are yeah. going to their own people. Yeah, because they're they're making their millions right now too. So. Yeah. yeah. Good cases by both of you guys. All right, now we'll touch on the All NBA Defensive Team. Uh, which is Robert Covington, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, uh, Drew Holiday, and Victor Oladipo. Uh, thoughts on that, guys? A couple, a uh, couple shots out of left field here with Drew Holiday and uh, Robert Covington. Yeah, um, same two. Uh, I was like, yeah. huh? <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't necessarily sit here and say, "Wow, those guys are really good defensive players." Yeah. You know, especially when you know there's a at least one name that we're used to seeing on this list. Yeah, I was about <laughs> Draymond, to ask, Draymond yeah. Green. How you feeling yeah. about your boy uh, getting second team instead of first team? Man? I was shocked. I mean, it's like I said, especially. I mean. Ty called out some of the names there, like seeing some of those. I'm like, oh, really? Robert Covington? Yeah. Really? Yeah, okay. We're <laughs> going that way. But, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, I, I can't say I sit and watch each, t- each team play 82 games. I, I saw a decent bit of Philly's games, but I didn't see him as just this super game changer. But, I mean, averaging five blocks a game, that's, that's big. Uh, yeah. So, I mean. No, no, he didn't. That was he averaged a block a game. So no, I'm I'm sorry, yeah, going off. Five, that's uh, yeah, five, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess I'm just he yeah. he never stuck out to me as some just like beast in the in the paint or locking people down. So no, this yeah. is that was a that was a shocker to me, uh, especially yeah. I mean from his own team. I probably would have put Embiid. On oh yeah. Over, mm, over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now I'm on I'm on the NBA's website. It does say that um, the 76ers' defensive rating as a team was 8.4 points per 
8.4 points per 100, per 100 per possessions lower when Covington was on the floor. <laughs> I mean, sure. You know, I don't, I honestly don't know. Like, granted, we don't see the Sixers play night in and night out. And we don't see, you know, him, you know, Sixers got more national airtime this year. Don't get me wrong, but um, just, uh, you know, you could have easily probably put Draymond Green there. Um, and then, like, with, with Drew Holiday, um, you know, I'm only going off what NBA saying here. NBA.com saying, like, 9.1 fewer points per 100 possessions with Holiday on the floor. Like, just because the team's better when you're out there because you're the starting point guard doesn't necessarily mean you're a great defensive player. Like, it's, it's just, I don't... I think the defensive team is probably the hardest one to judge. Because I think good defense is so relative. Are you contesting shots? Are you contesting shots that are going in? Are you actually causing a guy to score less points per game? Like, it's, I feel like that good defense is just so relative. And in a league, and in a league that doesn't necessarily pride itself on its defensive players, just, I don't know, like, it all, it almost seems like a participation award (laughs) more than anything else. Yeah. You know, now defensive player of the year, I get it. All defensive team. Yeah, I, I mean, let's put it this way. It doesn't excite anybody. Nobody, at least in my opinion, nobody, you know, when talking about, you know, best players of all time, I don't hear the stat of, oh, he made 10 all defensive teams. I mean, that that's just not like a big arguing point. <laughs> Now, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you can chime in on this, uh, too, Ty, uh, but since Draymond's, uh, Darnell's guy, um, how much do you think, would you say, Kevin Durant has kind of hurt, uh, Draymond Green's, um, kind of star appeal? Um, I would say, I wouldn't go on to the team because I was even listening to, uh, I think it was Reggie Miller, um, last game, uh, that they played. It was either the game three or game four, but he was talking about how Golden State has three stars. He was talking about Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay being on the court. But, you know, Draymond, he's a guy out there. He's going to play great defense. He can get you 10 uh-huh. boards, 10 assists, 10 points in a game. That's not easy to do. Um, so how much do you think uh, with Kevin Durant coming to that team, uh, he's kind of like Draymond Green's kind of star appeal. Um, it's kind of oh. diminished a little bit uh, going yeah. to Golden State. Yeah, or he's not I mean, just getting mentioned um, like how he should. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I remember when Katie went to Golden State, and I said Draymond's going to be hurt the most. Yeah. Because uh, Draymond kind of was that three four hybrid that's now solely the four. But I mean, granted, he'll pre- he's seeing less touches, um, uh, at least offensively. Um, he's not. You know, he's he's the fourth option on offense now, uh, as to where he used to be, pretty much the third or a two B. But like, you know, he he doesn't. 
when you bring in another star like that, there just has to be more to go around. I think it actually speaks a lot for the selflessness of Draymond Green as a basketball player. Uh, and I think that goes a lot longer of a way than him averaging a triple-double or him getting triple-doubles. I think anybody would agree. Uh, I would definitely say he's he's one of the more selfless guys because you look at some of these teams, you know, OKC or, you know, whoever it may be, and you just hear guys going, oh, I'm frustrated with, you know, how the coaches treat me or I'm frustrated that I'm not getting enough touches. It's like we haven't heard him say it. He knows his role, and I think that's huge, and I think that actually says more for Draymond Green as a basketball player than being first-team all-defense, than being first-team all-NBA. Than getting triple doubles, like it's it's just very selfless. It's a very team focused mentality, and I I actually think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say I hurt his star appeal. I mean, I still don't. I mean, I don't think a lot of people consider Draymond like a star or superstar, even as talented yeah. as he is. Like, I was, who was it? We all star. You know, he's well, got no, to- yeah, he, I'm not saying his talent level. I'm just saying just how he's seen uh, in, in around the league. Like, some people still okay. just kind of underrate him a lot. Like, I want to say it was last round where Chris Webber, I think it was, was saying, like, there's teams in the leagues that, Dray- teams in the league that Draymond wouldn't start for. Hmm, yeah. And it's like, wow, really? You think that? <laughs> like, this is two-time defensive player of the year, and, like, he – has pretty much shown he can do most things on the court outside of just like uh-huh. being LeBron or KD or Steph or something like that. Like, he, yeah, he's he's not gonna score forty uh, or average that or something like yeah. that. But he can do pretty much anything you need him to do on the court. So, like, I, I guess I'm not. I don't feel like KD coming on the team took away from his stardom because I've. As as good as he is and the accolades he's built, I do still think he's an underrated player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not shocked by that, and I just, I just think this uh, the all defensive team just if he's not on the front of your mind, I still think just some people forget that he's there, mm-hmm. and that's that's even with the waves that he can make uh, as far as like getting under people's skin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think some of that stuff holds him back too. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for that uh, before we start to talk about some of the coaching that's going on in the NBA? No. All right. Uh, start things off with coaching. Uh, guys, just what are your thoughts on uh, Doc Rivers getting that extension for the Clippers? You know, some people were questioning whether or not they were going to get rid of him uh, based on some of the decisions and stuff he's made uh, this year, how the team's been going. But he's got that extension. So, thoughts on that. They must have really thought it was going to be hard to find another coach. That's about all I can say. Hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me wonder, um, you know, kind of like Darnell's saying, like, do they do they think that nobody out there is worth a shot? Um, I do find it interesting that, you know, you, you, trade, you trade away or Chris Paul wasn't a trade. Was he a free agent signing? He was a sign and trade, was he? Uh, e- either way, your your roster loses Chris Paul. 
Yeah, because they, uh, yeah, because he, they, uh, Beverly, yeah, because they got Beverly mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, part of, yeah. So okay, yeah. 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 So you lose Chris Paul, you lose Blake Griffin. Um, I mean, to me, it only would have made sense to bring in a new coach as well. Not because you dislike Doc Rivers, but because times are changing. Um, and the NBA is moving on without you. But, hey, they're bringing him back. That's fine. He's, you know, he had a few decent runs with the Clippers making the playoffs and all that. But um, in the West right now, they just don't have a playoff roster. And I think they're going to rely on the experience of coaching to try and get them there. Uh, we'll say this, uh, you know, Darnell, you brought about the uh, coaching. Uh, we're going to get into these two in a minute. But, um, you know, it's two hot coaches out right now, man. They could have gotten uh, with Casey being fired recently and uh, Stan Van Gundy, uh, too. So it's, you know, they had some guys to possibly, uh, you know, talk to and negotiate things with. But, um, you know, must really like Doc Rivers. Uh, you know, hey, it is what it is, I guess. But all right, guys, uh, now what are your thoughts on Casey uh, getting fired out in Toronto? I, I think, I think that was just shocking. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. It, it, it was shocking, but I think this was just one of those where they were just like, something's got to give here, and the the players are under heavier deals, so the easiest thing to do is get rid of the coach and see if you can – make a splash and bring a big name in, but who knows if that happens or how it happens. But I, I just think it was it was just one of those something has to give because we can't get over this LeBron hump. So we have a even though we have a coach that is probably gonna be in the running for coach of the year, we we gotta make a move. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I also think it's one of those things where it's like you know they got embarrassed by Cleveland. A team that they should have at least at least took to the wire. Um, you have a great regular season like that and you fall flat on your face. Like uh, it's When you have a roster to win now and you don't win, you're done. And I get it. Like, I get... I do think it was a premature firing, but that that Toronto roster should have been a lot stronger in the end than they were. And unfortunately, a lot of that always falls on coaching. Yeah. I will say this, uh, just short and simple, um, you know, I think he, part of it, um, you know, he's the blame since he's on the team, but I think it was more the players uh, than Casey, um, you know, for them to go out there and dominate uh, in the regular season. Um, like they've uh, always had, you know, they've always had a good regular season uh, under Casey. Then to come in the playoffs and just completely, you know, fall short every time they get into the playoffs. I think that was mostly uh, on the players and Casey. But you know, something, mm-hmm. something does got to get. So um, it's always, you know, like you just said, Ty, uh, with that, you know, it's always easier to get rid of the coach um, than to, you know, kind of blow up the team or try to get a trade or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Just have to see. I we I don't think that we've uh, seen the last time though. Somebody's gonna pick them up soon. So just have to see here. All right, guys. Now we'll move it on to Detroit. Um, Stan Van Gundy. He's out. 
um, couldn't reach an agreement uh, with the team to uh, regard his president position and coaching position. So uh, both came to an agreement to uh, part ways. Uh, just thoughts on that happening um, with the Pistons. It just kind of had to happen because, uh, like, we had talked about it through past shows, just doing both jobs was not beneficial. And it, I think it was stretching uh, SVG too far. He probably wanted to keep both, and they couldn't figure out a way to make that happen. So it was either you pick one or you get nothing. And he took, he got nothing. So uh, it, I think it was just the way it had to go. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, you know, this team traded for Blake Griffin with roughly. 20-something games left in the regular season, about three games out of the eighth spot, and they actually lost ground. Um, Once again, it's easy to blame the coaching, easy to point the finger there. But, I mean, I think we also look at who the Pistons have even drafted since SVG has held the position and just nothing impressive. Uh, You know, granted, some of the players haven't, exactly had time to play out yet but uh when you see where the team is passed on you you know i think the biggie right now being you know luke Kennard, the pick right before donovan mitchell yeah and that's that's <laughs> your boy luke. It, yeah dude it's it's tough it's tough to swallow but you know what do you what are you gonna do? And what did the Pistons do? Looks like they parted ways with the GM coach. So um, I'm not exactly mad about it. Uh, it was an experiment that didn't work out. Um, had a lot of hope for it, and it just kind of kept dwindling by the season. Um, you know, so now they're on the search again. Yeah. It's kind of off topic for a quick second, but Darnell, I think it was your. Uh boy kid who kind of started that man with uh, wanting to have a uh, office position and coach. Because I remember when up in uh, Doc, Doc Rivers. It was Doc that started it before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was one of the trailblazers. And I know that. Yeah. yeah, I remember up in uh, for the Nets. Um, he tried to get that happen. But yeah, okay, it was Doc. Yeah, I was thinking about that. But guys, um, with this Pistons uh, team, you know, like I said, uh, you got Casey, he just got fired, so he's a uh, potential um, piece to possibly go to the Pistons. Uh, Tyler, we were talking before the show, you were mentioning some other guys uh, with Brent Berry and uh, Chauncey Billups and, you know, some other guys too. But who do you think would be a good uh, ad for the Pistons to help this um, underachieving Pistons team out? For coaching or for GM? Let's do both. Uh, who y'all got? Uh, I, I'd love to see Chauncey take GM. Uh, you know, I, I I would hope it'd be a little better than Dumars, <laughs> you know, with the former player route, but I think Chauncey, he'd be very likable. Everyone would love it. Uh, just a bright basketball mind. Um, I think that'd be great. In terms of coaching, I think they're at least going to try and make a move on Dwayne Casey. I think you have to. Um, if he's available, you know, he's probably going to be the hottest name this offseason in terms of coaching. But another rumor I'm seeing swirl around that the Pistons are at least going to give give a look at Becky Hammond, which I think oh, could, yeah. be, could, could be super interesting. Um, very brilliant basketball mind. 
Um, if the Pistons decided to go with it, I wouldn't exactly be mad because let's put it this way. Uh, I don't think they could be doing much worse than they're doing right now. Just so, real quick, guys, uh, you know, concerning Becky uh, Hammond, um, how easy you think it's going to be tough for her to get a head coaching gig, gig in the uh, NBA? Um, just with, you know, with women uh, stuff, or you, you think that'll be. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say tough. I would say challenging because she's going to get asked a lot of tough questions okay. uh, regarding head coaching. Uh, you know, I, I not saying that it's right or it's wrong or it's fair or it's unfair, but you know where you know a male head coach would be asked to run a mile, she'll be asked to run two. Um, and I, I think teams would just want to be sure um, before you know we, we bring on a, a first female head coach in the NBA. Um, can't necessarily say that I would blame them, but I, I do think she's going to get a fair look from a bunch of teams. Okay. I think it is going to be hard for her. I think she's going to get lip service just so mm. teams can keep that image so they don't look like they're sexist or... Mm whatever but Mm -hmm. i think it still comes down to i mean i i don't think it's right and i don't think people should think this way but i think it's still going to come down to how comfortable are we with women coaching that and i think that's going to be what it comes down to and is there going to be a team president or a owner or whatever that's going to put that rubber stamp and say we're good with this uh, and you have to bring them into the right environment where you have a bunch of players mm-hmm. that are uh, responsive yeah responsive and forward thinking enough to give mm-hmm. this a shot uh, just because she may not be able to jump as high as you can or wasn't able to shoot from as far as you and you can doesn't mean she does no basketball uh, mm-hmm. and that's how some of these people have to look at it because, I mean, Becky Hammond was a great player in her own right. Uh, she's got gold medals. She she did her thing in WNBA, and the Spurs players love her. Yeah. Uh, as shown by the, the letter that, that Powell wrote. Yeah. But with some players, that still may not be enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know this isn't football, but, I mean, this is still a male-driven sport where mm-hmm. you know, there's still going to be some of that uh, some of that type of thought process to it. So I do think it still might be a little challenging for her. I'm rooting for her. I hope she does kind of break that glass ceiling and get a job somewhere. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've always liked her as a player, even. Uh, and I'd like to see her get a shot just to see what she can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all right, uh, kind of went off topic with, uh, with that. But yeah, back to, uh, you know, the Pistons. Um, did you have any other people to add time to go to Darnell? No, um, but just real fast, I guess, in response to Darnell, I do agree with you there. I think a lot of teams will give her the quote-unquote shot to have the image. Um, but I, I think, I do think someone will eventually give her the shot. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- those would be my, my two names for the Pistons, mainly because I think um, they're going to want to try and do something different, um, especially if they don't land you know, one of the bigger names out there. Uh, and and I, like I said, I think Dwayne Casey has to be your 1A. 
I mean, the guy just led team to a number one seed in the East. He got the axe, so he's got to be your 1A. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think those are two good picks. I mean, I, w- I would like to see Chauncey get that front office job, too. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be my my number one uh, for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Coaching, though, I, th- I think I'd like to see two former point guards working in the- both of those positions. I'd like, like to see him talk to Mark Jackson. Mm. Yeah, I was about yeah. to ask that, man. Do you guys yeah, you guys see uh, Mark coaching again, or do you think he's going to be content with the announcement? No, I think if the right – uh, coaching position came up for him, and I I do think that the Pistons could be that. I mean, yeah. it's it's, it's going to be some work. Like they don't even have a draft pick this year. Uh, yeah, uh, I think they have a don't they have a second oh, round? They have a second round. Oh, second. Like, I mean, yeah, with the with the what NBA the second round, that's basically like throwing a dart at a dartboard and hoping yeah. something happens. Uh, but but I, I think he's a type that can at least. Get a get a group of kids together to play strong defense and play. Uh, mm-hmm. It might not be fun basketball to watch that he has going on offense, but I think he could get uh, some kids together and get them disciplined to at least play up. And I think that's kind of what they need right now while they they're about to start a rebuild. They, this, they got some little. some pieces though, man. They're like these, I think this Pistons team. They what have pieces some, do they have? Trey? What pieces? Drama outside of. Okay, that's Reggie Jackson was having a good season before uh, he got hurt. They were winning pretty good before Reggie Jackson got hurt. Blake Griffin. Blake Blake is there's there's no. Again, I I think that was bad. I don't think Blake Griffin should have. I disagree with the move for Blake Griffin to go to the Pistons. Um, I didn't like it, but I mean. If you can get, you know, considering, you know, it's going to be hard considering, you know, just small ball right now. But if they somehow were to make it that uh, Blake and Drummond could pose us on the court together um, and could play just some big basketball and get some points, uh, that could go well. But like I said, they were winning with uh, Reggie Jackson prior to, uh, to him getting injured and stuff like that. I'm not, well, you know, I'm not saying this can... is a championship team, but I, okay. I they, they should have had a – they, I think they should have had a better season this year than what they've done. Well, they they have been hanging around the A spot basically the last through SVG's ten, tenure. Yeah. Uh, so, and I guess once you're used to being there, I'm not considering that winning just because they were still at around that same level. That like I wanted to see improvement. So mm-hmm. uh, I get what you're saying, Trey, but. As far as the pieces they have, they don't have pieces that are going to make a run to get you to the top half of the playoffs right now. So, I guess I'm I'm used to them sneaking into the playoffs and losing into the first round. I, I'm done with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I would rather see them suck and get a good lottery pick and try mm-hmm. to start rebuilding or blow the whole thing up. But because of some of these moves, like especially that Blake Griffin deal, they're saddled. They yeah. They don't I wasn't really a fan of that deal. Yeah. And and I like Blake as a player. He I like I'm not saying he's terrible or something like that. I don't think he's a fit with this team. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the pieces that they have, they don't have pieces they can move to set themselves up for the future right yeah. now. Like so yeah, they, what I yeah, what I was saying, you know, I th- I think they have pieces to make it to the playoffs. I'm not saying, you know, 
go challenge LeBron in the finals or anything like that. Like I, 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 I thought before the season started, they could at least got like a six, seven, or eight spot, eight seed spot. Yeah. So, uh, you want to ask something to that time or? No, I mean, I actually side more with Darnell on that one. Um, you know, the, if you continue to hang around, you know, barely making it or barely missing out, like in reality, I I think the Pistons should at least be a six seed least. That's what I think they have. But one, they have to stay healthy. They haven't done that. And two, they just need more consistency. They they need they they just need to do better. And and I think it's just as simple as that. Guys, um, anything else to add for the NBA before we go to the NFL uh, to close this out? No. No. Nope. Right. Okay. Um, just had news today that the NFL is going to be having a new rule where you won't be able to kneel. Um, if you want to stay in the locker room during the uh, national anthem, uh, you can do that. But players who are on the field, uh, they will have to stand for the national anthem. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on this rule? You know, and whatnot. I will nutshell it because I don't want to get too much on a soapbox on this one. Uh, but the NFL, I mean, this is a very conservative league, so uh, I'm not surprised by this. They they probably think they made some kind of a compromise to a lot of players to go uh, to stay in the locker room say, so they can still show it. But basically, all this still does is say, we're not going to show your protest on TV. Uh, we're not going to give you a platform, which that's that's their right to do. So I'm not saying like they're wrong for doing this. Uh, I do find it a little bit spineless because basically they're shutting their players down. And this is why I do think probably in the next five or ten years, due to a combination of them not being very progressive and the injury concerns that probably the NBA will kind of fly by them after a while. Uh, But this, they basically just kind of tried to save their ratings. uh, And that's what this is for because, and, and I don't know if they really did enough digging to see if the drop in their ratings is totally because people that are against players kneeling, or is it play, people that might be against some of the ownership's reaction to yeah. these players' kneeling? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just think they made a rule based on what their guts are, not really looking into things to see if there's actual data backing this up uh, outside of polling to see if people watch more or less football, but not actually why. Yeah, uh, real um, real quick, I'll let you get to your thoughts too, Thomas. You just brought up an interesting point with um, people uh, deciding not to watch the NFL because of whether the players kneeling or the owners. Um, with this rule um, that they just in, uh, in place, do you think more people will uh, turn from the NFL too? Or I mean, yeah, I definitely think there's a good chance that more uh, uh, their minority fans may kind of tune out yeah. uh, because we, we do still have like Kaepernick still doesn't have a job 
And we have, we have the whole Eric Reed situation now where he's basically joining in on something because he, he got point blank asked in interview, in interviews for teams, was he going to change his stance on it? So it, it's kind of getting clear that they are actually blackballing players based on this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think this could give some of their minority fans, uh, a reason to not watch and, this is still a league that there's a lot of black players uh, that are in this league. I mean, that's generating a lot of it, money it, for them. It, it may not be the quarterbacks, but I mean, receivers, running backs, de- defensive players, a lot of those are minorities. So they, they're taking a chance here, I, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's, I'm I'm a firm believer in you either give people the free speech, the freedom to protest, or you don't, and that's on both sides of the fence. Um, you know, I, I've told you guys before. You know, I'm going to allow other people to speak, or in this case, not speak, uh, for my right to speak or not speak. Um, and I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to like what you're doing. Just I'm going to give you the right because I want the right as well. Um, and the thing I find super interesting here, kind of like you said, Darnell, I, I kind of wonder how much of this is the NFL saying, hey, like, you guys go with this and we'll give you this. So there's some sort of a payoff or something, you know, hidden away that no one else can see. But um, I, I find the whole thing just very interesting because I feel like the split is pretty 50 50 um, you know I don't I don't think this is why the NFL is losing ratings um, but also in the same hand you know you kind of brought up you know you think the NBA is gonna pass them and correct me if I'm wrong but isn't it an actually a rule in the NBA that you have to stand for the national anthem it is yeah but uh and, but the but, NBA does more to promote people's platforms oh, and allows yeah. players to correct. speak. Correct. I was going to say, but the, the thing I find very interesting about it all is, yes, the NBA does allow for more speech. But I also find it super interesting that you know people look at the NFL and say, hey, they're not letting us protest in the way we choose to, but yet we see the NBA and it's like, Hey, they found other ways. Like there are more ways to do it. Like, don't think this is the only thing you got. Um, and, and I think it's gonna now granted, I said it from the start, it, you know, Kaepernick taking a knee, that was a creative approach he took. And now that's, been kicked to the curb so what's going to be next it it kind of scares me in a lot of ways because i i don't i don't want to see it get blown out of proportion the players have to go to for lack of a better term extremes just to feel like they're being heard like i don't know that that's right either um but i think the nfl does need to be careful and i'll, I'll agree with you there darnell i do think people are going to see that the nfl starting to become this black ball we want a certain image type league both with 
A, protesting, and B, injuries, where they're trying to just cover themselves up the entire time. And, you know, I think people are going to see right through, right through the smokescreen. Well, yeah, and I mean, I feel the M- NFL could learn from the NBA because the oh, NBA yeah. did go so go through some of this. Uh, they they tried to go hard that way of being super image conscious after the malice at the palace, mm. things like that, where they started trying to force some of these dress codes, and uh, you have to look a certain way and do certain things to these players, and it's like. It doesn't really look that great. And ratings for them mm-hmm. dropped for a while up until they started loosening things up. Uh, the former commissioner started loosening up, and now Adam Silver seems to be a lot more player friendly. And that started bringing people back. Uh, also, the certain players help with that, too. I mean, I, I would say LeBron and uh, that Heat team and other teams brought, brought pe- viewership back. But I do think some of the freedom uh, that the NBA started to give started making people uh, feel more comfortable with the league again. And with the NFL doing this, and uh, as far as watching themselves with with what's going on with this rule, especially after some interviews have happened, uh, because they put language in there like, we want to show total respect for the anthem. And when they've been asked that, like, I, I think it was Stephen Jones, uh, Jerry Jones' son, says something like, as long as it's not looking like a protest, like, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. So, like, if somebody if somebody's standing, like, you know, after the whole kneeling controversy, some players would stand, put a hand over their heart, but still put a fist up. So does that look like a protest? So does that mean that he's going to get fined? He's well, not disrespecting and, anything. Well, so, and, and it's kind of funny because also coming from the team that clearly went out there and took a knee before the national anthem, what, what was that? Yeah. Well, that you, that, you know what I mean? that was lip service. That was that was and correct and correct. But it's either a part of the protest or it isn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like you said, where where does that line get drawn? It's so hard. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're trying to walk a tightrope that's going to be yeah. very very shaky. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for uh, the NFL, NBA? Um, before we close this out, no. All right, all right, y'all. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. Um, as always, you can check this podcast out on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud. Just hit us up in that search engine. Don't kill the messages podcast. We should pop up. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys on there. But uh, until then, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.